from coast to coast to coast. You're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Terra Informa. Welcome back to Terra Informa. My name is Hannah Cunningham, and a few months ago, I decided that I wanted to start a garden. This week, I will be taking you through the process of how I, a very amateur gardener, started a veggie patch in my front yard. More interested in flowers? We have got you covered. We will also chat with Mia Coco, a flower farmer located in Edmonton, about their foray into starting a big flower garden. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced in Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwitsiwiskigan, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including the Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you are listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. A big part of today's episode is about food and growing your own food. A big part of everyone's well-being is having access to food that is not only healthy, but food you like, and food that is culturally appropriate or meaningful to you. A community garden called Waposo Wati, or the Rabbit's Den in Cree, is located in Edmonton and provides opportunities for members of some Indigenous healing lodges to learn about food sovereignty, planting vegetable and traditional medicine gardens, and to help out with beautifying part of the community. In the show notes for this episode, we will have a link to a CBC radio feature on the garden if you're interested in learning more about the work that they do. have always been surrounded by gardeners. My parents always tended a garden and lots of my friends have pretty green thumbs. For some reason, before this year, I had never started a garden on my own or one that I was responsible for. I have helped out with most parts of gardening. Most recently, last summer, I lived in a house with one of my best friends who is an avid gardener and I was happy to play second in command watering and weeding where she needed help, helping plant some things, and helping harvest in the fall. But this spring, with my resident gardener roommate moving into her own house, she wasn't planning on starting a garden. But I still wanted a garden. I liked having a veggie garden. Being able to pick fresh leafy greens right from the yard as I needed it, not having to worry about having a bag of spinach in the fridge that was probably going to go mushy within three days of buying it. So with the opportunity for easily accessible veggies for our household, depending on me, I thought, let's do it. 
Okay, let's get started. Step number one, what do you want to grow? Something I kind of knew about, but didn't really know that much about was zones. I had heard before that Edmonton was in something like zone three, I think, but what does that mean? The zone number for a plant indicates what climate zone it can be grown within and sort of indicates how hardy the plant will be. Canada has eight climatic zones, ranging from zero, like up in Nunavut, to eight, like in Victoria, BC, where to us living in Edmonton seems like some kind of evergreen gardener's utopia. Canada has adopted the United States Department of Agriculture's hardiness zone scale, so Edmonton falls within zone three, with an average annual extreme minimum temperature of around minus 40 to minus 35 degrees Celsius. So plants that are labeled as zone three are going to be pretty easy to grow in Edmonton. And if they're perennials or come back every year after you plant them, you shouldn't have to worry too much about them dying over the winter. I started planning all of this back in mid-April when here in Edmonton, there is definitely still a good chance that there is snow on the ground. Thriving. Yeah. Despite what's going on outside. Yeah. It is currently winter again in Edmonton on April 20th. My plan was to start some plants inside in the early spring and then start others from seed outside later once I was sure that we were past the last spring frost, which in Edmonton is usually around the May long weekend in the middle to end of the month. Picking what vegetables I wanted to start inside was influenced by a couple of things. Number one, what my roommate had planted before and what she had leftover seeds for. Number two, what I had time to start inside since I was starting a little bit late. And three, and probably most importantly, what I was excited to grow. Next step, starting seedlings inside. Hello, this is Hannah Cunningham, and I am starting a garden for the first time by myself. So this year I am trying to plant cabbage, a couple different kinds of tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, uh, three different kinds of kale, zucchini, and two different kinds of squash, like an acorn squash and a butternut squash, and then hopefully some basil and some rosemary. Oh, and Swiss chard. Swiss chard is like my favorite in the summer because I just use it instead of spinach. I am just starting. Today is my first prep day. It is April 16th, I think. Um, so I picked things that apparently for this zone I think we're in zone three things that can be started indoors like four to five weeks out from after the last frost date so hopefully all of these do okay yeah I'm starting out I found some of these little seed starter peat little pod things that start out dried as a little puck and then you add water to them and they expand and then you cut the little netting off the top and then you can start your seeds in there. Um, 
So I just soaked those and now I'm going to put some seeds in them and label my little grid so I know what's what. And yeah, that's what I am doing today. Over the next couple of weeks, seedlings started coming up. I got more excited than I thought I would about checking the plants every day. My garden update is that yesterday, April 19th, I noticed some of my seedlings came up. Two of the cabbages and two different types of kale. I think the Russian red kale and the curly kale have come up. And when I went and turned on the light again this morning, they were even bigger. So they are thriving. Yeah. Despite what's going on outside. Yeah. It is currently winter again in Edmonton on April 20th, but the seedlings are looking good. So hopefully it stays that way. This is exactly the reason why you start your seeds on the inside. Yes. <laughs> um, my biggest fear is that they're going to get moldy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Is there anything you can do to prevent that? I think you just don't overwater them. Mm. Like I soaked the peat pellets when I first planted them. So they're still quite wet. So I'm just going to leave them mm -hmm. until it starts to get like dry on top, I think. And hopefully that works. Yeah. Okay, check back later when something else happens. Hopefully it's not winter anymore. Yeah, hopefully. Once all of the seeds had germinated, I had a grow lamp. Well, my roommate had one that I borrowed. This is a big theme for this episode that I would leave on during daylight hours because my setup was in the basement, so they didn't really get any outside light. Another thing that I had set up was a fan that I put on once the seedlings started getting a little bit taller and uh, my roommate had suggested that I do this to mimic wind outside so that the seedlings could maybe get a little bit stronger before they get thrown out into the real world. After they grew up a little bit, they had to get transplanted into slightly larger pots. Okay, it is April 25th. I'm in my garage right now and I am going to be transplanting the seedlings that have come up from their little peat pods that I started them in to um, some slightly bigger little pot things because I think their roots are going to be getting too long or not I think that's what my roommate who's better at this said so yeah so I'm going to transplant those and then yeah hopefully they will keep on doing well pretty much everything has come up except for the peppers so those are either slower or I messed up we will see the peppers did end up coming up by the way my first mistake not labeling my transplant pots I had started out with the intention of laying everything out in the same order as this labeled grid that I'd created, but then I had to move everything halfway through transplanting to a different area because I was getting cold in the garage and all hope was lost. Luckily, tomatoes, kale, cabbage, and squashes all look pretty different. So while I may not be able to tell between my different types of tomatoes anymore, I do know which ones are indeed tomatoes. After everything was transplanted into some more spacious digs, they trucked along inside for a bit longer. 
I ended up planting everything outside a bit late because of some travel for work that resulted in me being out of town during the Maylong weekend when I was originally going to send all my plants out into the real world. But I think that worked out for the best because in classic Alberta fashion, Maylong weekend was a little bit cold. Okay, so what we've done so far, it's June 3rd. We're doing this very late because we were away in Bali for two weeks and it was too cold before we left so we couldn't plant them so we're starting late but I think that's okay it is what it is it is what it is so what we've done is over the past couple days I weeded all the raised beds that we're putting everything into we composted our house so I dug out like a wheelbarrow's worth of compost dirt that was ready and then I've distributed that in the beds so there's some organic matter in there and now what we're gonna do is we have cucumber kale some tomatoes some cabbages a couple tiny peppers that have all started inside so some of those are pretty big already so we're gonna put those out but then some of the leafy stuff we are going to seed today so like the lettuce the swiss chard yeah, mostly the Swiss chard, because that's our favorite. So, yeah, we're gonna do that. And now, we wait. This episode will be airing on June 20th, and right now, all of the things that I started inside are looking pretty good. I've got some pretty impressive flowers on some of my squashes, or zucchinis. I can't really tell those two apart right now, but they seem happy. It has been a very wet couple of weeks here in Edmonton, so while I haven't had to worry about watering for quite a while, I am hoping that we get some more sunny days to help heat things up and germinate all of the seeds that we planted outside. The Swiss chard, carrots, and other seeds have been kind of slow coming up, so hopefully those break through soon. In terms of competition with my fellow veggie lovers, no real damage from any insects or birds so far. I think I did have one small cabbage seedling get stolen by something, so cheers to that little one. But otherwise, so far, so good. So wish me luck. I hope that everyone else who is starting gardens for the first time or the 10th time is having fun with it. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Terra Informa, a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, a campus and community radio station based in Edmonton, Alberta. This week, I've been sharing my experiences as a first-time gardener. Now, if you're thinking, Hannah, what about the flowers? Don't worry. While I may have forgone planting flowers in my garden this year, our guest, Mia Coco, has planted so many that I think I can be pardoned. Mia Coco is a flower farmer who grows out of the Edmonton Urban Farm. Since my foray into gardening has been focused on vegetables, I wanted to talk to Mia about why they farm flowers, how they got into it, and just to generally gush about growing things and how awesome it is. I'm Mia, uh, I use they, he pronouns, and uh, I have a tiny flower farm 
in Edmonton Urban Farms. We're Explore Edmonton Urban's farm. And uh, I have a 40 by 40 flower farm there. And it is the cutest little thing. What inspired you to get started in flower gardening? I feel like I've loved flowers my whole life. Like I would pick my grandparents' flowers and they would be like, don't pick the tulips. And I would be like, you can't stop me. (laughs) And uh, then last year we grow vegetables at the urban farm and I piloted a tiny little cut garden just for myself. And one of the managers at the farm was like, hey, you grow beautiful flowers. And I was like, yeah, in another life, I would like love to be a flower farmer. And she was just like, well, why don't we make that happen? And I was like, cool. And so uh, this like wonderful opportunity just unfolded. And so now, you know, I'm a baby flower farmer and it's been such a treat. Yeah. Like, is this like a personal flower plot? Do people come and visit it? Do people come and like take flowers? Sort of what's the, what's the deal there? Uh, I'm bad at capitalism. So for myself, I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to market and sell my flowers, but we are an interactive garden. So we're established to have school groups come in and tour. So there are farmers who farm at the farm and we provide an educational space for students. And so sort of I growing flowers that people see but they are for my own use so I will at some point figure out how I'm going to market them but I just am not good at capitalism uh so there's that (laughs) it is hard (laughs) in all aspects (laughs) yeah I have 600 plant seedlings and I have uh, over 47 varieties of flowers. And I sort of just looked at in seed catalogs to see what would grow here and what would be good for cutting. And then I just made some choices. I wanted to create a, a pollinator garden as well. So I went for a lot of native species, um, which has been really cool. So I have like yarrow. I looked up butterfly uh, flowers for native species and I really incorporated them in my cut farm because it is possible to do that and um yeah so you know my parents had a roll of landscaping fabric in their shed and I was like can I use this and they were like yeah so I threw down some landscaping fabric because I though I love gardening um I don't love weeding and I don't think I ever will the zen art of it you know like I see people out there and they're just like yeah we love the weeds and I'm like no that's not for me and I'm okay with it and so, yeah, so I threw down some landscaping fabric and I plucked the seeds in and now I'm, now I'm here. So how like far along is it? Did you start stuff inside or was it pretty much all started outside? I devoted my living room, my entire living room to 600 seedlings that like I became intimately familiar with. And now I have this like really invested I'm so invested in them in a way that I don't think I would have been if I didn't share my living room with them. We grew together. I, and like, I've started vegetables indoors before, but flowers, you have to start earlier. So some of these things have lived with me since January. Like I started eucalyptus because I found out you could grow eucalyptus. So cool. And I started it back in January. So we've been living together for so long that I was like, oh, I'm so invested. This rain has been so good, but it's been a little bit cold. 
I don't know when this will air, but it just was very rainy here, very record rainy in Edmonton. And so, yeah, I feel very invested in these tiny little plants that have lived with me for a very long time. I love that. Yeah, same thing. Started some stuff inside, put them out, and it was so windy the first couple of days that I put them out, and I was just watching through the window like, please, don't break. Like, this is stressful. It is so stressful. they're, They're honestly, like, I like to pretend that I have, like, a balance in life, but, like, 90% percent of the time I am thinking about them like I'm just like did it hail like what 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 element how can I protect them um and so I just really had to let go a little bit but it is very challenging because you just put so much love into them that you're like oh no yeah but then when they start doing well it's so exciting especially some of them are starting to like bud now and I'm like oh and like, I just, I feel very proud of them. Yeah, they really feel like an extension of me, which I didn't expect. Not to make you pick favorites mm-hmm. between your 600 seedlings, but do you have any favorites or any flowers that you just like really love and are hoping do really well this year? I'm a diehard sunflower fan. Like, just like... I love to look at them as they're growing. I, I seeded them directly. I did not start them inside, but I still am attached to them. And yeah, I'm a diehard Sunny fan. I just think that they're so beautiful. And I love how they turn their heads to the sun. Like what's not to love there? Another one that I'm really excited for is I planted uh, sweet peas all along. There's a chain link fence, which is kind of ugly to look at. And so I, I planted uh, sweet peas along it and I just like can't wait until they cover the whole thing. And it's just this like floral scented experience of color as I walk by. I'm super excited for that. And I don't know, I'm, I also, I mean, I love them all. But I also really like Nicotiana. It has a really sweet smell and it grows really big. It's a tobacco plant, but the flowers are beautiful and they're like pink and white. And I'm excited to see that. I'm growing dahlias for the first time. And I'm nervous about them because you start them from a tuber and I've never done that. Um, So yeah, yeah, lots of exciting things. So you had mentioned you're newish to this. Like, it sounds like you did, you've done some veggie gardening in the past. You did a smaller flower pot last year, but the, this is your first big attempt. Yes. Yes, very much my first big attempt. And it was very much just sort of like, how am I going to do this? Like, and what I didn't expect about flower farming is that I have a lot of spreadsheets. Like I have a lot of like, This is how many seeds I use. This is the company that I used. I didn't really anticipate that that would be a thing that I would ever do um, because I am known for chaos. Like I'm known for just being like, yeah, I can do that. Like that seems like a thing that I can do and maybe it will work out, but maybe it won't, but I'll try. I think I thrive on failure, to be honest. I really like to like have it not succeed and then be like, okay, well, how can I do it again? But I really tried to set myself up for success with this, which has been like, it's, I feel like I'm working backwards and I feel like most people, this is how they work forwards, um, but not me. So 
so yeah, there's a lot of spreadsheets and uh, it's wild and new for, it's all new for me. Also like, yeah, the biggest thing that I've been sort of flower farm and I will sell them somehow, but I just don't know how yet. And it's been really interesting to see how that, how that aspect of my life of really not wanting to participate in capitalism, but also being like, look, I drew these beautiful flowers and they're my babies. You should love them uh, has been, has been going through my head. Anyway. Yeah. So it's all new. Do you have any tips, suggestions, maybe just like random pieces of flower gardening wisdom that have worked out for you well this year that you would recommend to maybe someone who wants to start some flowers maybe next year? Yeah, just do it. Uh, If you want to grow flowers, just go for it. I would suggest looking up, like when I started gardening, I looked up things that would come back next year. So maybe some sort of native plant that will come back. So you don't have to put too much effort into it and it will just be there. But also zinnias are really easy to grow and they're the most beautiful. They have these bright, vivid colors and they're just so lovely and they're super happy to grow anywhere in my experience from growing them last year and this year, they're very happy. Um, But yeah, definitely check out whatever your sort of native flowers are and plop them into your garden if you have a garden or your balcony and they'll just be so happy and they'll make you happy because flowers, they're the best. Yeah, they are the best. I have a big lilac bush right outside my kitchen window. So when I'm doing the dishes in the springtime, I feel so much more motivated because there's this like beautiful to look at and I know I there there once was like a pseudoscience I feel like it was pseudoscience steady done it may have been real science who knows uh where they were like you're like I don't even remember the numbers but like 47 percent more productive when you have flowers on your table and I'm like yeah I believe that I (laughs) want to make things beautiful for the flower yeah Um, if listeners are interested in following the journey of the flower farm is there somewhere they could check it out online or sometime they could swing by? Yeah, I mean, I'm at the farm all the time. So if you have, I have an Instagram and I think it's just them flowers with, it's like them two underscores flowers. Uh, and other than that, that's it. That's it for me. We'll see what happens, but that's where I'm at. And yeah, send me a message if you want to come for a tour. I am there all the time. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm inspired now. I want to plant some flowers. (laughs) If you want to follow Mia's flower farming journey, we will link their Instagram account in the show notes for this episode. That is all the time we have for this week. I've been your host, Hannah Cunningham. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. Big shout out this week to Mia Coco for the interview. This episode was written and produced by myself, Hannah Cunningham. You can reach us for comments or questions via email, terra at cgsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. 
Catch you next week right here on Terra Informa.